0: All right, all right, here we are yet again with another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Damian. Back at it. Today I got the double whammy. Had a coupon, buy one, get one. So I got two McFraps, um, two Mocha Fraps, actually. I got small. I told them they could put it in one cup, but they decided to give me two. So I have two completely separate Mocha Fraps. About halfway in the first one, I figured I'd get a good caffeine jolt before I um, hit record. So I think today we're going to call this one possibly suntan, not possibly suntan, but suntan, because some days you catch the fish and some days you catch a suntan. So let's go ahead and get into it. So here we are, like I said, back at uh, Boyd Lee Park, the place I was when I, where I ran into my, uh, one of my boys from the other day. I think he's out here today, but I don't know. If he comes around, maybe we'll try to get him on an interview. But I'm just out here doing my thing. Just coming off the water. Still haven't even gone home to take a shower yet. Um, It was hot. I mean, I think we had like temperatures of 85, upwards of 85. So it was a scorcher. I managed to catch one fish, which was a crappie, and one little turtle. Of course, we don't keep turtles. Well, I don't keep turtles. I throw them back. But it was a little snapping turtle. I had some Slim Jims on there trying to catch some bluegill, and uh, he bit the hook, you know I didn't hurt him or nothing, I just took the hook out, flipped him over, put him back in the water, let him do his thing, and I fished, but like I said, it was just about being out on the water, so I put on some sunscreen before I even got out there, because as soon as I got out of the car, I felt the heat, and I said, okay, okay, we definitely, definitely going to need some protection, so I went on and threw some SP50 put it on my arms, put it on my face, put it on my neck, put it on my nose, put it on liberally just to protect myself. I mean, I've still got a little bit on my skin, but most of it is already absorbed, then wipe it off. Uh, But I know I'm gonna have a suntan anyway, but I mean, that's just what happens when you're out in the sun. It's springtime. I mean, the temperatures are up, snakes are out. I really wanted to take my kayak out there, but they're only allowing people to fish on the pier and allowing people to fish from the bank. And they don't want people gathering in large groups, but here they are yet again on some BS, gathering in large groups, not fishing. They said, we're letting hikers and we're letting fishermen come out there. Your little three-year-old kid is not hiking up the freaking trail, you know? So hopefully they don't shut it back down because it's been closed for a month and some change due to people gathering in mass groups, but people kept the traffic moving. I mean, it's part of phase one, so they are reopening. Supposed to have four phases and in this, you know, transition, everybody's just got to get used to it again, got to get used to being around people, I mean, I'm not I'm a chatterbox, you know, amongst, you know, people in the community, you know, my podcast, of course, I mean, it's, it's, it's not saying it's the Demeon show, but it's, you know, it's my thing, so of course I'm going to be talking, uh, one-to-one conversation, I'm going to be talking, but I'm not just walking up to strangers and, and running my mouth, but I did, uh, you know, have a little small talk with people as I walk by, you know, how's it going, doing all right, Catch anything. You know, the basic fisherman jargon. But um, it was just good to be out there on the water. That last two hours, I was sitting there on a little island. They have an island out there in the pond, you just kind of walk out. And I mean, normally I do pretty good over there, but today for some reason, it was just hot. I mean, you catch a heat stroke out there. I mean, it was, it was that warm. Fortunately, I had two bottles of lukewarm water, sitting there drinking that, you know, I was trying to stay hydrated as I could. Wanted to get a Gatorade after uh, I went fishing, but I said, no, no, if I drink that Gatorade, I'm not going to want to drink this coffee. So I went home, put my poles up, went straight to McDonald's, got these two um, McFraps. It's melding nicely right now. It's got a nice smooth taste to it. I haven't had a Mocha Frap in a while. I've just been going to McDonald's getting the regular coffee, you know, the warm coffee, but I mean... I'm trying to cool, I'm trying to cool down. Like I said, I was standing out there in that that hot weather. You got to cool down. I mean, this is, this is a day for slushy. This is a day for milkshake or something like that. But I was like, no, it's English and coffee. So a McFrap, cool to the taste, cool to the touch. And it gives you the caffeine jolt you need. So that's why we're here with it. Oh yeah, that's good. But what I will go into today, I've been reading this book and listening to the audio book of uh robert kiyosaki um of course he's one of those financial gurus but he has a book called rich dad poor dad i may have told you about it may have not told you about it uh i started reading it in russian and i'm listening to it in russian and it's a good book i mean a lot of nuggets i'm going to tell you a little bit about the book i'm not going to ruin it for you i may have talked about it last time i don't even remember because like i said when i when i when i hit record i talk i just go it's record and go and whatever comes out comes out so we're going to take a break, come back, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I've been reading and, and coming across in this book. All right, so Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what is it about? It's about changing your perspective on money. Because see, most of you spend your lives just like me, you know, before this book, because if you read a book like this and you don't, your mindset doesn't change or it's not shifted in some way, your perspective isn't... Broaden when it comes to speaking about certain topics after reading a book, then I don't know if you really comprehended the material. Because any book that is worth its weight is going to inspire you, it's going to give you food for thought, something to you know weigh in, check in on, do your facts, do your due diligence to cross check, cross reference the uh, information. So, this book is about it's not about saving money. See, a lot of people think when you get a book, it's about saving money. This book is about making money, but not making money in the sense of, okay, get rich overnight. No, this is an attitude towards money that one can hold, which will put you in a better situation to be in better control of your money and headed to where you want to be with your financial goals. You see, a lot of times people just spend money and don't even really think of how money works. To give you a good example. So, I taught I was talking to Kathy the other day. You're listening, I'm sure you are. Um, but I was talking to her the other day, and I said, "Now look, because she's reading this book too. I gave I gave her the book in English, so she's trying to, uh, you know, follow along with the story in English. So this is a little shortcut, I guess, for her get caught up on the book. Anyway. So I said, our lives, you know, have been spent spending money. You know, we grow up, you know, your parents get you $5, $3, $2, whatever. You take it to the store, you buy your gum, get a little older, you buy a dress, you buy a shirt, you buy a Nintendo game, PlayStation game, whatever you're into, CDs. You know, those are the things I was buying. You know, I'm old school, you know, compared to a lot of you uh, millennials, if you're out here listening. I mean, I'm, I'm old school. You know, I was I was born in '79. If that tells you anything, yeah, I'm giving away my age. I don't care. I got I got a little bit of gray hair going, but I mean, that's where we're at. This is life. So, if I got gray hair and I'm speaking English, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I've been speaking English all my life. Um, no little Japanese. No little Spanish. No little French. No quite a bit of Russian, but English is my main language. So, I earned the right to have a few gray hairs. Anyway. So even even me, you know, spending money since the 80s, you know, the early 80s, spending money, but I haven't picked up one book on money. I've just learned everything that my parents taught me about money. You learn in school, you know, you get a job, you get a bank, you put your money in the bank, you let it sit, you maybe open a savings account, you look at interest, you know, you talk about 2% interest, something like that. They've got layaway. They've got... um. Credit cards, they've got a 90 day, same as cash, all these different plans, you know, and ways you could spend money and you just pay cash or put it on credit or you make installments. These are basic things you pick up. This isn't like a class you take, you know, you go to school and somebody's in there teaching about money. No, this is stuff you learn on the way. And budgeting, that's something that your parents teach you. I mean, if you went to the grocery store and your parents use a grocery list to manage what they bought, then you probably use a grocery list when you go to the store. But if you don't have parents that did things like that, then you don't know about that. And I understand that because, I mean, the people I work with, a lot of them don't even know the first thing about budgeting. They don't know the first thing about a bank account. I'm like, how are you this old and don't have a bank account? Like, how does that even happen? But for some people, it does if it's not part of the culture of the house. You know, if it's not in your house, then you won't know about it. You won't won't have any knowledge. So for me, fortunately, I grew up in a military home where you had People that had a good financial sense, um, you know, they're not there spending money, wasting money on a bunch of frivolous uh, items. They're out there budgeting, they're thinking about, you know, the children, food, pay the bills first, you know, being responsible with their money. So this book here takes it a step further because basically all the knowledge I had about money and that I've been teaching is just what I've learned from four years of using money. Um, but this book here talks about two people. One, is like what I'm talking about. You know, you get a good job, you save your money, you spend it wisely, and you budget it, and you put it in a bank. The other school of thought, which he's introducing in this book, which is fairly new to me, I've heard about it, but never really dabbled in it, is the concept of making your money work for you. Now, I've heard it before. This isn't completely brand new. I've heard of it, but not really, you know, in a book laid out with a story. He's got an excellent story. So it's basically... Let your money work for you versus working for the money. If you have a job, a 9 to 5, an 8 to 4, 3 to 11, anything like that, you work for the money. The money doesn't work for you. If you are investing, if you have a passive income, if you have a business set up that you don't have to be there for, basically you buy something and that thing continues to generate income over the years then you're on the other side of the page. So me, I've got a I've got to take on the next step to you know, get an asset or gather some assets that can make me some money. Basically, look at everything I have and I've already been thinking of a few things that I can do. But it's about being financially literate. Now, what does that mean? So we all know literacy. So if you have a kid that can't read, can't write all this stuff, he's illiterate, right? That's in school. Everybody here, hopefully, everybody here listening has a high, at least a high school education. Maybe you got some college, whatever. But and you can read and write. But here's the thing: just like in school, you learn how to read and write, but you have a basic talent with it first, and then you know you learn how to read and write, get everything grammatically correct. And through the years, you're talking 12 years, you know, and then you go to college and stuff, and you're writing all these papers. So you're learning how to be more competent, more literate in the language, how to elevate your level. But that's with English. But have you spent that much time with money? I mean, nobody's really taking that kind of time to be like, okay, pennies, dollars, quarters, nickels, dimes, um, dividends, uh, income, outgoing expenses. I mean, ledgers, interest rates, stock market. You know, there's a whole, there's a whole nother realm of financial terminology that people just don't even deal with because they're, they're actually afraid of it. Have you ever looked at the NASDAQ or whatever they call it and seen all those numbers? And they're talking about the percentage drops and the the income and stock buying and all these shares and people are analyzing the, the trend. So this is a whole, I have to become financially literate even more so. So that's why this book's interesting interesting to me. So how he presents the information is telling a story like his father told him, his rich father told him. He has two dads. He says a rich dad, poor dad. His dad was poor, but not poor in the sense of like eating dirt pancakes. Poor in the sense of not being financially literate, not doing the things with his money that he could have done to put himself in a better situation so that when he died, he didn't leave his family with debt which happens in a lot of homes. You know, you have a family member or something like that, they'll be, you know, mass all this money, but when they die, you know, you gotta pay the funeral expenses and the family members are having to come up with these funds to take care of the debt. Cause even when you die, you have taxes. You come in, you got taxes, you die, you got taxes. You never stop paying unless you change your trajectory. So hopefully that is what uh, most of the readers will get out of this book. I'm already getting a lot. I'm not I'm not all the way through it. I'd say I'm more than a quarter of the way through it. Um, a lot of good vocabulary in there. But I've already since started reading this book. I've already been watching videos. In Russian, of course. I've already been watching videos on investing. You know, beginner stuff. 101. Investing 101. Stock market. Watching, you know, people analyze things. Because after this book, I'm not going to stop. I think I'm going to dedicate a year. To becoming financially literate, in that I want to start investing in stocks and watching them grow. Just make small investments because, like I said, if you just put your money in the bank, it doesn't do anything; it just sits there. You know, you're saving money for what? But if you take the money that you've saved, you know, of course you got your your bills and stuff paid, but you take the money and then put it in something, invest in something that can bring you back double, triple, or a percentage of your. Um, input then i mean it's all worth it's all worthwhile so that's just where a lot of people end up falling short so sure you could save money i mean i could save money i could sit there sit on a dime but it doesn't grow it doesn't do anything it just sits there so if i stop putting money in there nothing happens to it so you have to take a portion of that money and invest it so that it could start doubling tripling you know giving you three percent five percent ten twenty percent returns on your investment. So yeah, investing is the thing. I mean, most people that um, have a decent income, they either are born into wealth or they have somebody that was like a guru that was helping guide them on how to be financially competent. So that's one of the things that um, you know I'm definitely striving for. I think that was my boy. He just uh, pulled out. He didn't see me sitting over here, but that's fine. He just got done uh, walking. Guess we'll catch him for an interview next time. But either way, like I said, this book is an amazing book. Uh, I recommend it. It's uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I would say listen to it. See if you can get something from it. Um, and it's, a, it's a easy to read. It's an easy, it's, it's easy reader. I mean, I'm reading it in Russian. So, I mean, if, if I'm flying through it like this, I imagine you can do it if you have a good level of English, a good understanding, good grasp on the language, The words aren't too complex. I'm talking maybe you'll find one, two words on a page, but everything's in context, so you already have the understanding of it. Definitely a recommendation, so putting it out, putting that out there, and I haven't even finished the book yet. Um, we'll take another sip of coffee, and then we'll close it out. All right, so surprisingly, the park's starting to fill in. I mean, it's almost, what time is it? 722. I thought folks would be clearing out, but it looks like folks are coming in, so... Just started this second cappuccino, but um, we'll keep it short because, uh, you know, when it gets dark, people start getting weird. So don't want to be out here caught up in anything. But let's see. Uh, I think I made a pizza during the week, another pizza. I got to get a pizza stone. I want to get that bottom crispy. You know, I don't know if you make pizza or anything like that at your house, but... To make a good pizza, of course you have all the toppings, you get the crust, you get the good ring and everything, but you have to have the bottom, like it has to have that little char on it. the only way to get that effectively, if you're cooking in an oven at home, is you have to have a pizza stone, so or something like that, a tray. So I'm gonna get a uh, pizza stone, I think I'm gonna order one off of Amazon, and then that'll be a good little stretch for me uh, into the next level of uh, pizza making, because there is levels to it. I mean, you have a basic cheese pizza, Pepperoni pizza, you know, put the ham, you put your onions, toppings, but I've already started doing different levels of it. I had, um, I made the dough, I made my own sauce, you know, make my own spaghetti sauce, all that stuff. Made my own sauce, put that on there. I sprinkled some bacon, layer cheese, seasonings, pepperoni, more cheese, and then a little more pepperoni bacon on the top. So it was layered had olive oil all around the uh, sides of it to get that nice golden brown edge to it. But like I said, the bottom wasn't as crispy as I wanted. And I also gotta get a pizza peel. That's the thing where they have that long stick that looks like a shovel, and they use that to stick that in the hot oven and they slide the pizza off. So I gotta get one of those as well. But other than that, I mean, I guess in the news they're talking about possibly another uh, stimulus check. I don't know what difference it's gonna make. I mean, because really, I mean, again, it just puts you back in that same rat race. Okay, so they give you money that doesn't grow. You spend it. It doesn't really do anything. Now, if you're already in a good position, you could take that money and invest it. So that could be a good step for a lot of people. But that's not what they're going to do. Last time when people got their check, they went out there and bought a bunch of stuff they couldn't even use, bunch of stuff they didn't need. You know, they're buying new cars, they're buying uh, all these things. It's like, you're buying a new car, where, where are you going to go? You, you, can't even, you can't even go anywhere. You can't even drive you know, to another state right now because of all these restrictions, even though they're opening it up. I mean, the death, I think the death count's already gone up since they opened it. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time before they say, oh, we messed up and they got to go backwards, but they probably won't do that because the agent orange is already too far in to uh, look like an even bigger fool. But I think on that one, we'll leave it there. I'll see you in the next one.